Next Talk, sponsored by nexttalk.org, contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. Mandy is the author of Talk, and I'm the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization helping parents cyber parent. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Find videos and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Today we're going to be talking about addictions, Mm -hmm. drug and alcohol specifically. You know, how do we start this conversation early and how can we prevent addictions from happening? Last week we were talking about stress. Um, And the week before that we were talking about cutting and suicide and bullying. So all this kind of fits together because a lot of times our kids are so stressed out that they look for ways to cope or escape the real world. Mm -hmm. And so we see that through cutting, self-harming, and addictions. You know, they want an escape. They want a way to get away from the emotions because they don't have a coping mechanism that's healthy. Yeah, and we talked a lot about that on the last show, Mm -hmm. just about modeling coping mechanisms for them because we all have high stress. Adults and teens now... You know, we we heard from the APA who say are saying it's it's like an equal level here. We're all stressed out the same amount, and so we want to find proactive, preventative ways to get our to prevent our kids from getting to the point where they get to a drug or alcohol addiction or cutting. And so that's really what this show is about. But if you have some, if you have a teenager who who is actively has a drug addiction problem or alcohol addiction, seek medical attention get a counselor psychiatrist psychologist love your child through it fight for your child Mm -hmm. Um, but today we really want to focus on that preventative conversation it's you know one of those things another one of those difficult topics that you think well when is the right time Mm -hmm. how do I start this you know what kind of a talk is it it's going to look different for everyone but I and you know Mandy we always say use real stories yeah your family members, maybe celebrities yes. that they know of or look up to, or at least they're aware of, maybe um, athletes, uh, and not in a shameful, shameful way, but in a factual way. You want to share the information, what happened to these people, and why you wouldn't want that to happen to them. Yeah, yeah. You know, we talk real specific in our family about, um, you know, the lie of just try it one time or one time won't hurt you or everyone doing it. You know, I'll tell my kids, that's complacency. That's Satan trying to get you addicted to something that's going to ruin your life. And so you have to have your guard up. Those things are, trying it one time can make a difference. Absolutely. Um, I know recently my daughter, she's in eighth grade. They had a guest speaker at their school, and he used to play in the NFL. And he told them about a story about um, one of his friends who tried cocaine. And on his first time, he died. Oh. And it was a, a makeup, you know, of how his it interacted with his body. Mm-hmm. And she came home and she told my elementary aged kid about it. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, oh, that's too much information. But then we had this great conversation about it. And I was like, this is a great story. This is something we need to share. Um, and I loved it. It was just a great thing seeing my teenager 
model for my younger son. Yes. And kind of create this conversation for me. I was just going to say so many times these great conversations come out of an organic situation. Yes. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking this will be a good time to talk about this, but it usually doesn't happen that way. Yeah. On the go, as we always say, Deuteronomy 6, 6, and 7. Yeah. In the car, when you're going to bed, when you're waking up, those are the times yeah. when you're going to have these conversations. The first time we talked about addictions was my son, he is a late night kid, just like my husband. You know, he wakes up about 8 p.m. when I'm like going to sleep. Oh, bless it's it. It's so hard. Yeah, bless, bless it, girl. I, I, those late night children, oh. It's hard. Because I like my sleep. I like to go yes. to bed. Early. Well, and I'm a morning girl. Like, if he woke me up at 5 a.m., I'd be like, You'd be yeah, ready. let's have a talk. But, uh, you know, yeah, I'm not a morning girl either. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're, what kind of a girl are you? I'm like midday a, mama. I'm a midday yeah. mama. That's what I am. I like to sleep late and go to bed early. Like, I got problems. <laughs> Well, at least you know. At least you know. <laughs> I'm working on it. You're working on I'm it. I'm looking in the mirror and working on it. <laughs> well, I'm not a late night kid or a mom, and my son, one of my sons is. And so we call it an L&D, which is an, a late night date. Oh, That's when we, like, pop popcorn and we'll read or talk about something. Do you schedule something. this on your calendar? I don't because I try to, but it I have two other kids. Yeah. And sometimes they need something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then so, he he's looking forward to it. So, yeah, yes. you don't want to do that. So I don't schedule them. I tried it. It didn't work for us, but he know, he's big into it. So, yeah. a couple so times it's like a, week, a surprise it's a thing. thing. Yes. Yeah. And he'll say, Mom, can we have an L&D? And I'm like, okay. So one night we're having this L&D and we're talking and I mentioned to him, could you pray for our next talk team? Because we were, he, which is a normal thing in our family. Yeah. Like we're having an event tomorrow and the kids will pray. Right. But this time he says, um, well, what's the topic? And Uh-oh. I said, Uh-oh. oh, <laughs> don't you want to read Thomas the let's, Train? Let's yeah. see how you did this. A hundred percent honesty, mom. Oh, it was. <laughs> and of course it was a team. One of the ladies on our team and her husband talking about pornography addiction. Mm-hmm. And thankfully we had kind of already talked about pornography, good pictures and bad pictures. Yeah. We read the book. And so if that part of the conversation wasn't so new, but I, I told him who it was, and and he was okay with that. I said, you know, because he knows our team. Yeah. I said, our team is talking about this. And then we started talking about addiction through that and how it comes in different forms. Mm-hmm. We talked about good pictures and bad pictures. Then we talked about food. Yeah. Then we talked about cigarettes. Yeah. Then we talked about drugs. Mm-hmm. And there we are, snuggled up, like 8 o'clock at night, talking about pornography addiction and then other types of substances that people can be harmed by right and so it was an organic unexpected conversation with my seven-year-old but he was ready for it and he totally understood right and we backed it up subsequently with other conversations and so it's actually been a really good thing okay good that's that's great um you know another thing that i i when i was writing this chapter for my book i tried to 
kind of figure out, you know, how did I start this conversation so early with my kids? Even before we talked about drug and alcohol, when, you know, what did I really, I kind of had to dig deep. Yeah. And I found myself, you know, with early elementary kids, I'm talking kindergarten and first grade, you can talk about developing habits. Yes. And it's a great conversation that kind of segues into this whole addiction thing. Yes. So for example, you know, I would use, I would use light hearted examples you know, I have a Diet Coke addiction mm-hmm. and my whole family knows it. Yeah. And so I would tell them this. This is why I don't want you guys drinking soda yeah. because I'm addicted to it and it's hard to get off of it. Like yes. I've gotten off of it and now I'm back on it again. And now I'm like, it's a struggle. You know, I'm a coffee girl. So you know, that was an yeah. easy one for me to explain to my kiddos. Yeah. And the other thing is cussing. Yeah. You know, like my kids... And I'm kind of weird like this. I know I know this is not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, to say the word frick or freak, I just don't like it. Yeah. I just, I, I'm just like, it's an extra word. Why, mm-hmm. why are you adding it into your language? You mm-hmm. know, these kindergartners and first graders, when my, when my, when my kids were at that age and they came home and they were saying it, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Hold why are phone. we adding this? Yeah. And then I said to them, because when you get in middle school, you're going to replace that for a cuss word yeah. that starts with an F word. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have a habit of saying that word. Mm-hmm. And then when you get a job, you're going to have to break that habit. Or when you go on an interview, you can't say the F bomb. Mm-hmm. Or when you're in a you know situation where you're giving a speech at your school, you can't talk like that. Yeah. And so why even start the habit? Yeah. If it's not a good habit. And so having, and you can do this so early with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you can talk about screen addiction, like, you know, and we're going to talk about that next time because that's a whole other topic that we it now is. have to deal with. We do. Another type of addiction. First generation dealing with it. But I mean, we can, so simple. Like when you, when your kids wake up, let's not check our screens first. Do we really want to yeah. start that habit of yeah. that's the first thing that we do? Yeah. That's a hard one for me too. Well, I'm bad of, at that. If you have it on your nightstand yeah. and you look to see the time. Or you use it as your alarm. Yeah, You use it as your alarm. Yeah. My kids have real alarm clocks in their room, but I don't. Oh, That's bad, right? I'm not modeling it. <laughs> I'm not modeling it. <laughs> I actually got a real alarm clock for that reason. And my husband despises it because it's one of those old school, like Con Air. I got it from the bottom of a garage sale pile. Nice. And it goes. Nice. Nice. <laughs> He's like, it is awful. <laughs> but I'm trying. I'm yes. trying. <laughs> yeah. You know, the other conversation that's come up a lot is I'm not a drinker. Mm-hmm. I don't drink alcohol. And there's a reason behind that. I drink a lot of alcohol in college. Mm-hmm. And made some real stupid decisions. I'll just be quite honest with you. And, yeah. you know, there's addictions that run in my family. Mm-hmm. And... um I struggled with how I was in college Mm -hmm. and I never want to be that person again. Yeah. And so a lot of times, you know, we'll go to parties with other families or whatever Mm -hmm. and everybody's having a beer or whatever. And I'm not. Yeah. And my kids notice Mm -hmm. and they're like, mom, why don't you drink? Yeah. And so we have this conversation, you know, and I'm like, and and they're like, well, maybe everybody should be like that. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. You know, we can't shame people a lot of people can do this in moderation and they can yes. have one or two and it doesn't affect them and they don't have addiction tendencies like maybe I do. Mm-hmm. And so it's perfectly fine. And yeah. so when you are 21, that's a decision that you get to make mm-hmm. on your own. You know, can I handle this a little bit at a time and not get to the point where I'm drunk? 
yeah you know where it's out of control where where i was in college mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what i remember when i was drinking but just to have these frank conversations about when you're like you said an organic experience that it creates this conversation around it and i want to stop here for just a second and encourage you because a lot of times i'll hear from moms well i don't want to bring it up like what i did in my past you know how i did this drug or i drank in college and i was a crazy mess because i don't want them to think because i did it it's okay for them i just want to encourage you that that is a lie from satan yep to keep our mouths closed and keep things in the dark The more you bring it into the light and you share true stories about how it affected you and why you live the way you do now, it actually creates change and a different legacy in your family. It is not presenting a new concept for your child that they're going to take and run and do themselves. Let me me present the other side of this coin. I have talked to a lot of teenagers Mm -hmm. who think their parents are perfect. Yep. And that they are messed up yep. and they can't confide in their parents when they mess up because yep. their parents have never explained big struggles that they've had in their past. Yep. So it is really important to be honest with our kids. Now, we don't have to give them every little detail. Correct. <laughs> Obviously, my husband knows a lot more of those details than yeah. my kids do. Sure. But in general, I can be very honest with them and create a moment of teaching out of my past mistakes. If you're just now tuning in, this is Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is listener-supported. Everything we do at our nonprofit to keep kids safe online is accomplished through donations. To support our organization, go to nexttalk.org and click on Give. Okay, we got to dive into this a little deeper now because I feel like there's a conversation in our world mm-hmm. that we kind of have to address here. Mm-hmm. And this is the marijuana debate mm-hmm. because it's going to come up with your kids. Yep. I don't know if y'all know it, but there's actually National Weed Day. It's April 20th of every year. It's where stoners unite mm-hmm. in National Weed Day. And so your kids are going to see this trending on social media in April. Um, They're going to see all of this. They're going to see the conversations about the legalization of marijuana. Yeah. I want to tell you, I think there's two different things going on here. And I approach this in my book just so everybody knows where we're coming from. I think there's the legalization of recreational use. Mm -hmm. And then there's the legalization of medical use. There's two different things. Yes. What I want to point out here is we're not really speaking into the medical part. Correct. We're not doctors. Correct. We don't know treatment. That is up to the medical community. And I don't feel like I even have a say in that because mm-hmm. I'm not educated in that realm. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're really talking about the recreational use. Correct. So what does statistics show about recreational use? And when we start having this conversation with our kids, how do we talk about it? Yeah. Um, Well, there's a lot of information out there that can sway your kids and a lot of things that you might hear. But there are some really good information. Yeah. The National Institute on Drug Abuse says a recent survey highlighted continuing concerns over the softening of attitudes around some types of drug use, particularly a continued decrease in perceived harm of marijuana use. They use the word softening. Mm-hmm. I think that equates to complacency. Yep. 
Remember those verses. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, the National Institute on Drug Abuse also notes, regular use of marijuana by teens may have a negative and long-lasting effect on their cognitive development. Absolutely. Partnership for Drug-Free Kids says, quote, marijuana, just like any other drug, can lead to addiction. It affects the brain's reward system in the way, in the same way as all other drugs of addiction. Mm-hmm. According to the American College of Pediatrics, marijuana is a risk for both cardiorespiratory disease and testicular cancer and is associated with both psychiatric illness and negative social outcomes. It's crazy. You know, and the normalization of it is creating this kind of complacency that I almost feel like marijuana is our generation of cigarettes. Like, that's how kids think of it. They do. Everybody does it. Everybody. And it's some people don't even realize it's illegal in our state or in Texas. Yeah. I mean, some kids are like, what? It's legal. Yeah. It's because so we got National Weed Day on April 20th. Uh-huh. That's easy to access. Their friends are doing it. Parents, some parents are doing it or allowing it. And so the more that it becomes normal, quote unquote, we become complacent. Like, well, maybe it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And maybe we need to direct our thoughts to other things. And that's when it takes a hold with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing, you know, we, we kind of are tackling the marijuana thing. Let's talk about another thing, Kim. Yeah. yeah. Over-the-counter drug u- abuse and use. Prescription. I mean, uh, prescription drugs. It's a big deal. Um, the opiate epidemic, you know, this is painkillers being used mm-hmm. for our kids to get high. And they mix it with other things to be a cocktail. Yeah. And and we need to, you know, look deep within, too. This prescription pain addiction thing yeah. doesn't just happen with kids. I recall when I had um, a major health concern and yeah. issue, and the medicine that they gave me for pain relief, I was looking it up online just to find out, like, drug interactions and stuff like that. And I was reading these statistics about it being the number one addictive substance for um, young stay-at-home moms. Yeah. And that just struck me because it's such a transitional time for moms. Mm-hmm. And, here's and it's a, stressful. And it's you're not, stressful. You're not sleeping. You yes. need energy. Yes. And I that stuck with me. And I remember the moment when I was taking this medicine for that was prescribed and that I was supposed to be taking – I remember the moment thinking, I'm looking forward to this next dose because it's relaxing Mm -hmm. and it's like an escape and it takes away the pain, but it also makes my mind feel calm. And that was that turning point. Like you were like, uh I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's real. Like it's real. I see it and I feel it. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. It's real scary. And it is so um, prevalent. I don't think people realize I don't think so either. And, you know, so many kids think, well, they're prescription drugs. They can't be bad. They're yeah. they're fine. Doctors mm-hmm. prescribe them. And so this is another conversation that you need to enter into when they're little. Yeah. Like I'm talking elementary school. Yeah. You can say, you know, only take medicine prescribed by a doctor 
And you need to make sure that you're not relying on that medication, you know, in painkillers and that kind of thing. Yeah. And we talk about it. Yeah. Like we talk about how you can get addicted to painkillers pain and Absolutely. it can be an issue. Um, it can lead to other things. I mean, it, it's a start of a spiral. It you know, is. I say in my book, it's like a knitted sweater. It pull You pull it and then eventually you don't realize it. And then there's a big gaping hole, hole mm-hmm. and something major is happening in your life and you're addicted and you don't know what to do. And so we really need to have these conversations to prevent that from happening. And, you know, starting that conversation, like we said, organically about tendencies and addictions and all of that, that's a good way to start it. And as they get older, talking about real life experiences, either with yourself or their friends and letting them know of the possibility that they're going to be approached. That was something that, you know, we have sweet friends with young kids and, I remember the first time there, sixth grader, a friend was like, just take this. Yeah. Like, just real casually at school, at lunch, just take this. He had it rolled in his sock. Yeah. You know, and they were just shocked. Like, how could this happen? Yeah. What what do you mean? And it was just eye-opening that you've got to prepare your kids by talking to them about what it looks like and how it can happen, too. Well, you know, there have even been national stories about kids coming to school that with things that look like candy, but it's actually drugs in the candy and um you know i have conversations with my my middle schooler about how you don't take even candy from somebody you don't know you know now in middle school they have a little bit more i I give her a little bit more discretion because they share food they share whatever you know elementary school is kind of more structured nobody shares food nobody's allowed to do the whatever but in middle school, you know, I say you have to use your discretion. But if it sounds weird, if mm-hmm. it's you don't take it. Yeah. Or if it's somebody that you know does drugs and they offer you something, don't take yeah. it. <laughs> you know, I mean, just these conversations. Um, and I think that can go a long way in creating this safe place for them to come tell you when they are approached. Mm-hmm. Um, tell them, too, like how to say no. Yeah. Like, no, thank you. In a non-judgmental way, you know. I know so, so many of our kids, they're afraid to be confrontational or yeah. they're afraid, oh, my gosh, they're going to think I'm 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 such a goody two shoes and they're an awful person. Yeah. And so how do you phrase it in a way that it's like, oh man, no, that's not for me. Thanks. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but being able to role play with them on how to say no. Our thing is, it's just not my thing. It's just yeah. not my thing. And we talk about that now about all kinds of uh, different things that our kids come in come into contact with at a young age so i'm hoping that that seed is planted so when it becomes these bigger issues like drug and alcohol um being offered to them that they'll know hey it's just not my thing and then that's okay that they have practiced it enough that it is a normal thing to say yeah i would say don't avoid conversations because you're afraid you're going to plant something in their heads you know we talk about this all the time but it it's really about being preventative and they've heard these things yeah I mean, they've heard these things. My kid is in fourth grade and, you know, they have, um, what is it called? Red Ribbon Week, where Mm -hmm. they're already saying no to drugs in elementary school. So they're already kind of hearing these things, but they don't really quite understand what it means. And so it's a great opportunity for you to talk through it. Your kids are going to be offered drugs. You just need to know that. Your kids are going to want to escape reality at some point because guess what? So do you. And so do I. 
and they are going to have those same feelings. You've got to talk them through that role play, how to say no, talk them through different coping mechanisms so that they don't turn to an addictive substance. We have to have these conversations to present the bad cycle from even starting. Parents, I want to speak to you for a moment. If you are addicted to prescription drugs or any other drugs, God still loves you. You're not a horrible person. What we are saying is get help so that you don't pass this on to your kids, that they see this and they don't all all of a sudden think that's the way to cope. Because I can see how this can so easily happen, especially in this stay-at-home mom group that I'm telling you about. You know, so many people think, oh, stay-at-home mom, sitting on the couch eating Mm -hmm. bonbons. I think all men think that. (laughs) Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Anybody who's actually been a stay-at-home mom, it is the hardest job I have ever had. And I thought it was going to be so easy. Yes. Um, But there's no paid vacation. There's no downtime. There's no, like, vacation hours that you can take. It is a constant 24-7, and I can so see why somebody would want an escape. It's a lot. In that moment, I knew, like, I've got to make a choice because this would be very easy. Yeah. And uh, so I'm with you in it. I understand it, um, and it's okay. There's help to be had. Yes. And if you can't do it for yourself, do it for your kids. Yes. Please. You know, I feel like I have made a lot of changes in my life just to turn around our family legacy. Like I've had to sure. look in the mirror and admit some really hard things to myself about mm-hmm. bad things that I that I need to change um, just because I love my kids that much. I love my kids more than myself. So yeah. I'm not willing to change <laughs> for myself, but I'm willing to change for my kids. Whatever it takes. To turn it around. For our wrap-up segment today, let's go over three good points. Number one, if you have a child currently addicted to drugs, please seek medical attention. It's important. You need help. Number two, be proactive in talking to your kids about addictions. Talk about developing good habits at an early age. And if they're older, it's not too late. It's never too late to start these conversations. And number three, role play with your kids on how to say no to drugs and resist peer pressure in a way that makes sense for them. Explain why it's important to say no. Thanks for joining us on Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. You are not alone trying to figure out how to parent in this digital world. We are here with hope and practical solutions to help you. Follow us on Facebook at Next Talk or Instagram and Twitter at nexttalk.org. Subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk?